If you're able, rest on your feet for just a moment. I want to read one verse. Please note, in the beginning of each worship service, we read the scripture, which is the scripture focus of the day. And then we usually try to read it in its entirety. And so you can begin to think about what we'll be talking about during the worship experience. And so I only need to read now just two verses from Psalm 46, verse 10 and 11. Here's what he's saying to you now. Be still. Let me do it again. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth the Lord of hosts is with us the God of Jacob is our refuge would you do me a favor look at the person next to you say neighbor the Lord of hosts is with us the God of Jacob is your refuge. It's going to be all right. Father, I bless your name for the word of God. Have your way in this place. Speak through your servant and speak to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. You may receive your seats. I've been dealing with the sermon title, Shift Your Focus. This is the fifth iteration. It goes in line with the thinking that God has given unto me. And this one, I want to deal specifically about when I'm dealing with discouragement. How do I handle my discouragements in my life? And how do I get away from that? How do I deal with life's challenges? This is a beautiful psalm. I know it's not your favorite psalm. Most of you probably will cling to Psalm 23, and some of you will gravitate to Psalm 91. But this is a powerful psalm. It is one of the most important psalms in the Bible. This connected to Psalm 46, 47, and 48. These are important psalms because they speak to the struggle of life and the placement of God in the midst of our struggle. It is said that Martin Luther, one of the great theologians of the world, one of the great principal teachers of Protestantism, Martin Luther once said that whenever he got discouraged or got discouraged in news, he would say, come let us sing the 46th Psalm. It is something in the power of the 46th Psalm because 46 is, it speaks to our very being, our existence, our life struggle. Now, there are a lot of people who want to attribute this psalm to one of the Davidic psalms, but this is the psalm that comes to us that has a lot of rich tapestry attached to it. This psalm is, maybe it could have been one of David's experiences coming through battle and captivity, and maybe some people say it was Hezekiah's experience, but if you read 2 Chronicles 20, you might see a little more of entombment with what happened with Jehoshaphat. 
when you read 2 Chronicles 20, you might look there and experience that as the children of Israel, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 1, that it happened that after that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others of them besides the Ammonites came to do battle against Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says that in that passage of scripture, that just as the people are upset and worried, they go to the temple, we get in front of the temple, and as they're there with, Jehosh with Jehoshaphat, they're standing in the place that God told them to stand. They're crying out to the Lord for the Lord's mercy. God, fix this. God, work this out. They know that the armies that are coming against them are greater than themselves. They know they cannot physically defeat the armies, and they cry out, to God for God's mercy and as they are getting to the place you know that anxious place the place where you feel like nothing's going to happen that place where you feel like your prayers are wasted you done prayed and you cried and you 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 prayed and you cried some more right when they got to the last prayed and cried that's when God spoke up and the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord went and wagered itself upon Jezel, and Jezel stood up prophetically within the congregation. He prophesied a word to them, said, hold on, wait a minute, God's getting ready to get up in it. God is getting ready to move. And what Jehezel says, according to the 17th verse of 2 Chronicles 20, what he says is, you will not even have to fight this battle. He says, hold on, watch the language here. Stand ye still. What was that verse I read? Be stand still because God's got this thing. He says, be still. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Y'all didn't get that yet. I know you missed it. He said, because the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Look at somebody right now. Just tell them, neighbor, God's going to fight my battles. Now, now, I'm still in Psalm 46 because here's my connection because at that point then, the Bible says in verse 19 that the children of the Levites, of the Kolites, if you will, stood up in the midst. And these Korites stood up in the midst of Israel and with a loud voice began to praise God right then. If you read the beginning of Psalm 46, you see this is a psalm of Korah. The Korites, this is their psalm. And now we now understand they began as a group to begin to praise God. Now notice something now. The Bible says the next day the group got up with the saints singing. And the Bible says they went into battle singing God's praises. And by the time they got to the place of battle, God had already fixed the fight. And once allies had turned on each other and had killed each other, and all they had to do was go in and collect the spoils. You missed that one over your head. Touch somebody right now, say, neighbor, I'm getting ready to collect on this mess. 
I'm about to preach in here. I feel something happening to me. Listen, listen. The, the Bible says that they go in and they take the spoil. Now what we have here, these Levite singers who stood in front of them, who walked and sang, gave us an indication on how to handle difficult situations. I, I'm not trying to preach 2 Chronicles 20. Let me preach Psalm 46. Because what they help us to understand, number one, is they help us to understand that there are times in our life that we need to reflect on the goodness of God. See, I, I know, you know, and the best time to reflect on God's goodness is when you're in the middle of your bad situation. See, some of you want to wait until you get your blessing to start shouting. But, but there's no sense in waiting until you get your blessing to praise him. He's already done enough. Y'all missed that? See, if you can't appreciate what he's done in your past, you have no business getting ready for the present. Y'all missed that double entendre, that play on words right there. If you can't appreciate what he's done in your past, you have no business getting ready for the present. And I'm not just talking about the now of time, but I'm also talking about the gift that God is about to. Verse 1, chapter 1, he says this, God is our refuge and strength. And he says, in case you don't figure this out, you don't know, it is not just what he's done in the past. Touch somebody right now. To neighbor, he's a very present help in trouble. If I don't realize that he has already been with me, it's hard for me to imagine that he's going to be with me in what I'm... Listen to the text. Listen to the, I'm just reading. This is just Psalm 46. Verse 2 says, Therefore we will not fear, even though everything around us is moving in the wrong direction. Even though the waters are troubled, that's verse 3. Even though the mountains shake. Let me help somebody. It looks bad. Things look like they're about to crumble and fall. But in the midst of it all, I've decided that my confidence is high enough in God that I will not fear. He says, he says you, need to, you need to reflect on the goodness. Uh, let me, can, can I do this for a moment? Because some of y'all have reflecting problems. See, one of the biggest problems with us is that we forget what God has done for us because we're too busy looking at what God has done for somebody else. Okay, their house is bigger, their car is better, they, they look like they got a little more money than you have. And so you're looking at their situation, thinking about your life instead of praising God for what he's done in the midst of your life. 
See, you can't enjoy the house you living in for worrying about where somebody else lives. You ought to thank God because you ought to think about when you didn't have a house and he gave you a house. Or when you could have lost the one you're in, but he let you pay the bill and keep that home. You ought to think about how God blessed you, took you from nowhere to somewhere, from the outside to the inside, picked you up, turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground. You ought to think about the times folk counted you out while God God counted you in. You ought to think about the time folk dismissed you while God accepted you. You ought to think about how good. See, some of us are too busy worrying about other folk business to praise God for what he's doing in yours. You don't know what's going on in their house. You don't know how they're paying their bills. You don't know what tricks may be up their sleeve. You better thank God for your bills. Before you get looking at somebody else's house, you better look at your own house and praise God. I don't care if you're in a one-room hut. If it's your hut, you ought to thank God for your hut. Clean your hut. Take care of your hut. Be happy in your hut. If you pay for your hut, you ought to celebrate hut day. I praise God when folk get blessed. I'm not upset you got blessed. Because if, if, you, if I got blessed, let me tell you something. If I'm sitting on the road next to you and you got blessed, then that means that God is somewhere around this road. So I'm in the right place to get the blessing that's coming to me. I'm in the neighborhood. If he's in the neighborhood blessing you, he's got to be close to blessing me. The, the second thing, I, I done been too long already. The second thing is, I need to recognize his greatness. His greatness. His greatness. Y'all didn't get that. See, verse 5 says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And then it says, at the break of dawn. Look at somebody right now, say, neighbor. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, yeah. At the break of dawn, at the break of dawn, y'all didn't get that. At the break of dawn, metaphorically, that means I'm coming out of the darkness that may have been the fog of my sad experience. But at some point, I don't care if my darkness took five days, 10 days, or 10 years. At some point, God's about to break my darkness and the break of dawn is coming for me. There will be sunshine in my life. 
God already promised and I'm just waiting for the break of dawn. Look, look here. Touch somebody real quick. Say, neighbor, it won't be long. You're on the edge of the break of dawn. Tell him one more time. Say, neighbor, you're on the edge of a breakthrough. I want to get these points out, so I got to hurry, y'all. Just cut, so I can't clear clearly. But but I need to say something that ought to be said before I leave this point, cause oh we remember I said this relates potentially to Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles twenty. Then that means that in that situation, they were surrounded by trouble and close to being annihilated. Y'all help me here, because I want to talk to somebody right now. I know you're going through something. I know you're having a hard time. I know you feel surrounded. I know you feel close to being annihilated, but I thought I would give you some good news. The psalmist says that God is in the midst of her. Y'all missed it? In other words, I know what you're dealing with, but you're not by yourself. Come here, baby. Come here, baby. Come here, come, come real quick, real quick. Come here. Let me tell you something. You might be able, stand right there. Stand right there, just stand. You might be able, my wife is much smaller than me. You might be able to get her by yourself. But she's not alone even though you might not see me in the picture. I can stand over here, but she's not alone. Elder, come on towards the stage. If he wants to come to her, He's got to come through me. He can't get to her without getting through me. And what God said about your life, I don't care what attack comes, they can't get to you without getting through God. Thank you. Oh, y'all better help me praise him up in here. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I may look like I'm by myself, but I'm never alone. to go to my seat. My 
my time is up, y'all. I got to sit myself down. I know I need to sit myself down. I need to go. Can I just tell y'all one more thing? I'm going to sit down, but, but before I sit down, would you just help me do one more thing? Because it's interesting to me. I'm going to jump to my last point. I don't have time to give the third point. Let me give the fourth point. Just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Because I just want to close. I got to get out the way. I want to tell y'all something. He says that you need to realize, verse 7, that the Lord of hosts is with us. You missed it. You don't even know when to shout. Look at somebody again. Say, neighbor, the Lord of hosts is with us. And if that didn't make you feel good, he said, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Okay. I see you didn't get it yet. So I want to help you here because he says it in verse 7, turns around and says the same thing as though we didn't understand it from verse 7, the exact same words in verse 11. Because what he wants you to understand is there are some things that you need to repeat generously. Ready, rinse, repeat. Y'all ain't got it yet. Because every time I start feeling by myself, every time the devil tells me he's about to win, I need to tell myself the Lord of hosts is with me. Every time I feel insecure, I need to tell myself the God of Jacob is my refuge. Y'all missed it. Ready, rinse, repeat. The Lord of hosts is with me. The God of Jacob is my refuge. I may be in a dangerous situation, but the Lord of hosts is with me. And the God of Jacob is my refuge. I may be about to walk in the courtroom, but the Lord of hosts is with me. And the God of Jacob is my refuge. I may be going into surgery, but the Lord of hosts is with me. And the God of Jacob is my refuge. I may be getting bad news, but the Lord of hosts is with me. And the God of Jacob is my refuge. I may be grieving, but the Lord of hosts is with me. And the God of Jacob is my refuge. I may feel like I'm going down, but the Lord of hosts is with me. And the God of Jacob is my refuge. dare you right now to give God a praise like you know the Lord is with you. Do me a favor. 
Just touch three people and just tell them, I'm not alone and neither are you. Touch two or three people, tell them, I'm not alone and neither are you. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. your invitation. The doors of the church open. Maybe there's one. You could come today by Christian Experience candidate for baptism. If you if you know this, the church you want to be a partner with, you want to be a part of this fellowship, this ministry, I want to welcome you today to Shiloh. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you. You can come right now. If you haven't yet given your life to God, you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to welcome you to the...